it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? I made it clear that my intention was to play, and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. Rodgers going for it all, looking to bring it open. He's got it! Lazard! Gonna go! Touchdown! Rodgers snaps it quick, scrambles to his right, pumps and runs, and Rodgers is inside the pylon! Allen has time. Intercepted! Sauce Gardner's got it, breaking away, Garrett Wilson, Wilson a big play downfield. Allen, tripped up, he could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall, he's done it again! Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinton Williams, what a beast, number 95 for the Jets. Listen. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time for the final mailbag before the season begins. Jets and Bills tomorrow at MetLife Stadium. The excitement is in the air. Everybody is pumped, including my buddy Glenn Naughton, who is the editor over at JetNation.com, joins me to answer some mailbag questions on this Sunday. Glenn, thanks so much for coming back on the show, brother. Thrilled to be on. A thrill to finally hit week one. And get some uh, get some football underway. I know you know. Listen, it, this has been, as I've said before, possibly the longest off season ever. And um, I'm just I'm so ready for them to kick off and get underway. We'll start the mailbag with Michael Palace, who asks which player or players, please name one to three that fans not in the Jets bubble don't know will become familiar to them by the end of the season. I'm trying to think of somebody that's sort of under the radar. Mecole Hardman, maybe? I don't know. This is a tough one, Glenn. I guess I'll put it this way. For the people that don't know anybody but the household names, they might learn the name of Jermaine Johnson. They might learn the name of Elijah Vera Tucker. Those are the two guys that I guess just off the top of my head. But again, people that are big-time football fans that follow this stuff year-round, they're going to know those guys to begin with. So it's sort of a tough question. It's weird, Glenn, because in years past, we would have tried to find guys on the Jets roster that are undervalued under the radar, but they have the best roster they've had in quite a while, so it's harder to do that now. Yeah, and I, I always have a hard time with these types of questions because I, you know, 
and it probably it's probably a factor for you too. We're so familiar with all of these guys that like sometimes I have to remind myself that not everyone is that familiar with the fifty third guy on the roster. Um, so they're all sort of familiar to me, but uh, I'll go with my guy because I you know I said back in July, um, you know I, I that he was sort of in my mind the the guy who was being talked about least who had the best chance to make the roster, and that was Chaz Surratt. Because I think that if the if the linebacker position, if they falter at all there, I think he'll get significant playing time. And I think he's an athletic enough guy, plays hard enough that he could be someone who makes some plays. Um, and they're going to have a lot of games on national TV. So they're going to have plenty of opportunities for these a guy like Surratt, who's an unknown to the vast majority of fans, to sort of get into some games and some big spots with the whole country watching and maybe make some plays. Um, between, I would pick one of the rookie receivers. You know, we've we've talked a million times about Brownlee. I loved him, but I think Gibson is the guy who you know he's that he's got that electric ability, and he's going to get a lot of early action. I would assume as a return man, so he he's probably going to get more opportunities early on to sort of flash and make plays again under the bright lights. Who knows if he's the guy back there on Monday Night Football? You could see him break one, you know, in the season opener on national television, and right away people are going to learn his name. So those are the two guys that come to mind for me, Chaz Surratt and Xavier Gibson, possibly Brownlee, but who knows when he'll see the field. Next question comes in from Kevin Hughes. He says, I liked one Jets drive better than Hard Knocks. Am I crazy? I wouldn't say you're crazy. I liked Hard Knocks better, but I thought they were both good for what they were supposed to be. One Jets drive is really, Glenn, you've said this before, it's supposed to be an infomercial for the Jets, whereas Hard Knocks was supposed to give you more of a look underneath the hood. And you did get to see some cool moments on One Jets Drive, and kudos to Seth Bradley and his guys who do a really good job with it. I'm not trying to demean it. It's just that Hard Knocks had a different aim, and they obviously had a much bigger budget and all of that. So I would go with Hard Knocks. But I think if you're a Jets fan, it was worth watching both. And obviously, One Jets Drive will continue throughout the season, so that'll be fun throughout the year. Yeah, I still, I've yet to watch the final episode of Hard Knocks because it has not been uploaded onto... Dazen, which I will be playing. I'm playing on canceling the second I finish watching that episode. Um, but from what I've seen of it so far, I, I have enjoyed Hard Knocks more. It's just more raw. It's more real. Like you said, for what they are, they both have different roles. They both did a good job. But I like that raw behind the scenes footage. I want to see them in the meeting room talking to these guys. You know, I, I love the players' reactions to you know when the coaches are saying what they're saying because you you know I, I really liked what the Jets did with not allowing cameras in for the cuts. Because that's that's some real stuff. But even seeing the players, you know, as they're taking instruction and thinking like what must be going through their minds, like it's such a tense thing. I think just from that standpoint, I enjoy Hard Knocks a lot more. Can you believe we've had seven months without an NFL game? It's crazy, right? Good thing that's over, though. The NFL's here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving you a can't miss offer for Week One. This week, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just 5 bucks on any NFL game. DraftKings is hooking everyone up with game day greatness. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. Check the app to see what you get. Download now and use the promo code PLAJ to sign up. New customers can take home 200 bucks in bonus bets instantly just for betting five bucks. That's code PLAJ only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, cdkng.co slash football for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after insurance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next question comes in from Mark Smith. <laughs> Mark, who, of course, is part of that big Rock Pile Report tailgate up in Buffalo. Big Bills fan. What's up, Mark? It was funny because the last time... I was at the tailgate last year. I saw Mark, but he was super busy, so I didn't have a real chance to talk to him, hoping to talk to him a little bit more this year at the tailgate. He asked if Aaron Rodgers was a pro wrestler, who would he be? Wow, this is fascinating. I've been thinking about this because I love this question. Glenn, I know you're not as into wrestling, but I still would like to hear your thoughts on this if you have any ideas. Here's where I've come down on this. Some people have said CM Punk. I don't see that one, and I'll tell you why. I get it because in the past, Rodgers has been sort of surly and all that, but I haven't seen Rodgers get into any like fist fights or anything like that, and a lot of his teammates like him, and he's obviously been outstanding since he's come to the Jets in terms of dealing with the team, dealing with the media, dealing with the coaches, all that. So after CM Punk just got fired for getting into a fist fight backstage, after getting into a fist fight the year before that got him suspended, I don't think Aaron Rodgers and CM Punk makes a lot of sense. 
Here's one for you that I think fits. It's never going to be a perfect comparison, but I kind of like this one. And shout out to my friend Dominic D'Angelo, who co-hosts a podcast with the guy I'm about to mention. But I like the comparison to Rob Van Dam, and I'm going to tell you why. Aaron Rodgers can just physically do things that so many other quarterbacks can't do. Rob Van Dam was able to do things in the ring physically that a lot of these guys just couldn't do. And a lot of times with Rodgers, you would see him do things that don't look like they should work, but they do. Van Dam was a lot like that when he was in the ring. He would do these things that you would think would get a guy killed. Some of the bumps he would take, some of the angles he would land on, but he was fine because he was an absolute freak of nature. He was like a cat. Sort of the same thing with Aaron Rodgers, I think. And then obviously both guys have been top guys for a really long time. And they both tend to dabble in things that are a little bit off the beaten path when it comes to use of substances. I guess that's the best way I could put it. So there are a lot of ways that you could go with this answer, but I like the Rob Van Dam comparison with Aaron Rodgers. What do you think, Glenn? Uh, You know, thinking about... Aaron Rodgers and his legacy, and there, there's so many things that he'll be remembered for. But I think, and it may have been Chris Collinsworth, an audio clip. Somebody, somebody that that the Jets. It was either it may have been one Jets driver, some a video the Jets put out, I believe, and it said, um, it was a clip of a broadcaster saying Aaron Rodgers is the best thrower of the football the NFL has ever seen. Um, and in a lot of ways, he is like the accuracy, the lack of interceptions. He really is. You know, in terms of what you want to teach a quarterback to be, he's as close to perfect as it gets in throwing the football. And so for that reason, I'm going to say Mr. Perfect, even though we don't see Aaron Rodgers out there. Uh, you know, Well, we have, of course, we did see him playing golf, which we've talked about. We don't see him out there playing every sport the way Mr. Perfect did. But when it comes to throwing the football, you just watch him. Some of his, Even just the throw in the preseason game against the Giants, that touchdown to Garrett Wilson, like just puts it in a perfect spot. It's right there. And he does that so often, whether he's on the move, whether he's in the pocket, you know, and his feet are set. He just time after time after time, you see him put the ball exactly where it needs to be in a perfect spot. So I would go with that with, uh, with Mr. Perfect from back in the day. I should also say with Van Dam and Rodgers, both guys very measured. Both guys always the coolest guy in the room. And both guys have continued to operate at a high level at an advanced age for their craft. Rob Van Dam is still out there at 52 years old doing well. And Aaron Rodgers obviously about to turn 40 as a quarterback in the NFL. So Mr. Perfect works too, Glenn. I like that one, but I'm going to stick with Rob Van Dam. Next question comes in from Marco Scapetta. He asks, which wide receiver not named Garrett Wilson do you think will have the biggest impact Monday night? The easy answer here would be Alan Lazard, but I'm going to go with Mecole Hardman. I'm going to tell you why. I just think that Aaron Rodgers is going to do a lot of that quick strike precision pass offense. And I think Hartman is ideally suited for that. We saw it a lot in training camp. He's going to get the ball out fast to Hartman. Hartman will get you five, six yards. It'll be an efficient way to go down the field. He will obviously mix in some deep shots. We talked about this with Alex Rollins. You'll see the goal balls probably mostly to Garrett Wilson and Alan Lazard. But I think that Hartman has a chance to make some plays with his legs. Because as we know, Glenn... If those guys on the offensive line and the tight ends can open up some space for Mecole Hartman, he's got the speed to really make things happen. So if I were to pick a wide receiver for this game to make an impact outside of Garrett Wilson, Hardman is the guy I would pick. Yeah, 100%. Um, as soon as you finish reading that question, that was my first thought was Hardman because he has that big playability. I know Lazard is more familiar. Lazard could be the guy. I could see him you know, getting more targets, more catches. 
but Hardman is the guy who can do more with those catches. So the the way Aaron Rodgers, you know, as I was just saying, the way he can put the ball on target, the way he can lead a receiver and and you know throw throw guys open if they're not open, or hit them hit them in stride when they are. I just I think Hardman is a guy that he's just got that explosive ability to be the the dude who you could see him. He could be the type of guy, you know, three catches for 85 yards with a 60-yard touchdown in there, something like that. Michael Christopher checks in with a series of questions. Michael, of course, does this all the time. I love it. He'll have like five rapid-fire questions, so we'll go one by one. First question from Michael. Do you think the Rams would really trade Aaron Donald? And if so, do you think the Jets should be interested in acquiring him? I don't think they would trade him, but I guess if they're really, really bad, maybe if they get good enough offers, they would. If he's willing to go, maybe he wants one last shot at a contender. Would I trade for him if I was the Jets? No. That's a position of major strength for the Jets. Donald makes a lot of money. I just don't see the need for them to make a move like that, honestly. Yeah, I think Donald, I, listen, if the Rams, you know, we know Cooper Cup's out. I don't know how much time he's going to miss. If, if, if you see a situation where maybe Matthew Stafford gets hurt, or if they play as poorly early as they did late last year, I could see them making a move. You know, Aaron Donald was con- contemplating retirement a year ago, and he carries a, a, a massive cap number. So w- could they deal him and maybe try to get some picks before he hangs them up at, while they're not in contention? I could 100% see it. I don't see the Jets being in the mix when you look at their current salary cap situation. I think they're currently $8 million under. Um, they would have to do so much maneuvering, um, and, and I think it would just be... It, it would be a little bit much at this point. So could they deal him? Yes. Do I think the Jets would get involved? No. Next question for Michael is, what do you think Mike Evans would go for in a trade? This is really going to depend on what the market is for Mike Evans and how tight the races are in these divisions because I anticipate that the Dolphins, the Bills, and the Jets are going to be in a real battle for the AFC East. I anticipate that the Ravens, the Browns, the Bengals, and the Steelers are all going to be in the mix for that division as well. And so if you look at that, you look at perhaps even the NFC East, maybe the Giants, Cowboys, and Eagles are battling for that division. You're going to see a lot of competitiveness there. Hey, we might even see something in that division with Green Bay, Minnesota, Chicago. Nobody really knows who's going to be good in that division. Everybody's projecting Detroit, but there's a lot to be determined there. So a lot of these teams could use a wide receiver. And if Mike Evans is continuing to produce at a high level around the trade deadline, hard to say. If I were to guess right now, I would say maybe a two and a five. I will say, though, that if Mike Evans is still performing at a high level, the Jets should probably do what they can to land him short of something crazy because you don't want to see him in Buffalo. Absolutely don't want to see that. I don't think the Dolphins would be in the mix unless there's an injury to Hill or Waddle, but you do not want him in Buffalo. And honestly, you don't want him on any of those teams like Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Cincinnati, any of those contenders in the AFC because the Jets are likely going to be in a really tough battle, not just for the AFC East, but for a playoff spot in general. There are a ton of playoff caliber teams in the AFC, and only seven can make it. And remember, you've got the four division winners and then the three wild cards. So if the Jets don't win the division, it goes to the Dolphins or Bills. They're going to be in a really big fight with everybody else for a wild card spot. And Mike Evans would be a huge help to them. And you don't want him going to one of these other teams and helping one of those other teams knock the Jets out of the playoffs. So ultimately, what this comes down to is if Evans continues to play well 
and there are a lot of suitors for his services, you're probably looking at a pretty hefty price. Like I said, maybe a two and a five, something like that. Unless somebody gets crazy and is willing to offer a first. I don't know if you'd be willing to go that far if you're the Jets, like a 2025 first round pick. I probably wouldn't. But I think maybe there's somebody that would. You know, there's always that Sean McVay over-aggressive guy. Who knows? Yeah, exactly that. When you look at that scenario and the way it could play out, of course, with as many teams likely getting involved in a player of that stature, if it's a dogfight for a playoff spot, you could see somebody making a move like that. You know, maybe a Jerry Jones, someone like, you know, if if an NFC team thinks that they could, uh, that he could make them a playoff contender, but... The Jets, should they get involved? Absolutely. Um, Evans, was I, I think I tweeted out when we uh, when we did a mailbag several months ago and someone said, what player might the Jets add in season? And I said, if the Bucks get off to a slow start, maybe Mike Evans. Um, but there's going to be, obviously, fierce competition for him. Um, I don't think the Jets... I, I Put it this way. I wouldn't do more than something like you said, a 2 and a 4, 2 and a 5. I wouldn't go with a 1. But I think that especially not having a one next year, um, I think somebody of all the teams that are that are getting involved, I think somebody would be willing to part with a one if they thought he could put them over the top. So I think it's going to be a, a tall order to, to expect the Jets to get him if he does hit the market. Final question from Michael Christopher. If Kyler Murray becomes available in the offseason, would you trade for him if the Cardinals are truly tanking for Caleb Williams? No, I don't think it makes sense for the Jets to trade for Kyler Murray. I get that he's very talented, still pretty young, but number one, he's got a huge contract. Number two, He's got an attitude problem and doesn't seem to really care enough to be in the film room to the point where they had to put in his contract that he needs to watch at least four hours of film independently of practice. And number three, and this is the most important part, Aaron Rodgers is here. So what are you going to do? Unless Rodgers retires, then maybe it becomes a different conversation. But if Rodgers plans on coming back in 2024, I just don't see the use in trading for Kyler Murray. Plus, I'm sure the Cardinals would want a pretty decent return for him, too. I just feel like if that was going to happen, it would have had to have happened this past offseason before the Jets got Rodgers. Now it just wouldn't be logical for them at all. Yeah, there, I can't envision any scenario where I would ever want a player who's got, you know, who teams are putting in their in their deal that they they have to work hard to if they want to get paid more. Um, that that was a huge red flag to me. Um, I think the the Cardinals got rightfully, you know, torn to shreds for that in the media. I know because of that they they got rid of the stipulation. But yeah, when you put in a guy's deal that you know we're gonna have to ask you to work a little harder. Um, if you want to make all your money, that's that's a rest, especially for a quarterback. Like it or not, man, quarterbacks have to be leading the way. Like everything, everything you talk about in the league, it's like there's the rules, and then there's like for the quarterback rules, and everything's a little different with them. And you shouldn't have to be telling your quarterback to put in work. Before we run, I want to turn it over to our friend Walter Cherpinski over at WalterFootball.com for his weekly picks. Walter, the floor is yours, my friend. Thanks, Scott. It's great to collaborate with you for another year. Looking forward to this season. Um, And, yeah, let's just get to the picks. I'll discuss the Jets at the very end because they play on Monday night. But um, on Sunday, like four games. 
Let's start with the Buccaneers, plus five against the Vikings. So I think a lot of people think the Buccaneers are going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. And I think you can certainly make the case. However, I think this is a really good matchup against Minnesota. First of all, Minnesota's secondary is absolutely terrible outside of Harrison Smith. Their cornerbacks are, are atrocious. I think Tampa Bay's receivers should be able to take full advantage of that. Love Godwin and Evans in fantasy this week, uh, prop-wise as well. And... I think they take uh, the Buccaneers uh, to victory here. The other side of this is that the Buccaneers' weakness is their offensive line, and Minnesota's pass rush was diminished when they traded away Zadarius Smith. So um, I, I like how Tampa matches up here. I like the points they're getting, and I don't think the Vikings are good enough to be favored by five over anyone except for Arizona. Uh, second game, I like Tennessee plus three against the Saints. I don't know why the Saints are getting so much hype this year. I just don't get it at all. Um, I, they had a bottom 10 pass rush last year, and they lost David Onyemata. They lost Mark and da Marcus Davenport, and they lost Caden Ellis, like three key guys who could potentially get to the quarterback, and now they're all gone. Cameron Jordan's a year older. I don't trust their offensive line either. I think people expect the Saints to be better because Derek Carr is there instead of Andy Dalton. And, yeah, that's an upgrade, but I, I don't think the Saints can really do much else. Alvin Kamara's out. Michael Thomas is back, but I mean, who knows what they're going to get out of him. Um, I, I think Tennessee's much better coached. I, I like their roster overall. I think they're pretty even with the Saints, and we're getting plus three with a much better coach. Um, yeah, definitely give me Tennessee. I think they went outright. Uh, I like the Chargers minus three. So we had some late injury news on Friday where Teron Armstead, Miami's left tackle, was ruled out. Uh, that's huge news because the Chargers have Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack on the edge. I think that's a huge matchup edge uh, for the Chargers. And I think the Chargers are the better team overall. Uh, they were the number five seed last year. People forget this, but they were so, without so many key players throughout, uh, throughout most of the year. For example, Joey Bosa played only a handful of games. Rashawn Slater was on the field for only two games. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams missed uh, a chunk of the season. Derwin James was out for several games. When the Chargers were healthy, they were dominant. They they, they blew out the Raiders in week one. They almost beat the Chiefs in week two until uh, Justin Herbert suffered a rib injury. Um, I think if, if they're healthy, they can make the case that they're a top five team in the NFL. Meanwhile, Miami doesn't have its left tackle. They, they don't have Jalen Ramsey. Uh, I think Miami has some flashy players like Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell and Tua when he's healthy. But they don't have much substance to them. And I think the Chargers are just a much better team. I like the Rams plus five and a half. So we're, we're doing uh, both L.A. teams here. The Rams obviously not nearly as good as the Chargers these days. But to, to get five and a half points against Seattle, I, I think that's uh, that, that's a great opportunity. I don't think Seattle is that good. I, I'm, not, I'm not like digging on Geno Smith here. He had a good season. I think there's a chance he regresses. Um, he had the most uh, dropped interceptions last year. So I think he's going to be a little bit worse. And if he's about 10% worse, that, that's going to be a big deal because Seattle had a ton of close games last Last year, the the problem with Seattle mostly, I think, is their defense. I don't think they can, they can get to the quarterback, and I don't think they can stop the run. And last year, Seattle played the Rams twice late in the year. They won by four and three in both matchups. And the Rams in those games did not have Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, or Aaron Donald. Now, Cooper Cup's out, but Stafford's healthy. Aaron Donald's healthy. The Rams are much better than they were at the end of last season. So I think this is going to be a three-point game. I think this line's way too high. And now we get to the Jets. I think the Jets beat the Bills. I like the Jets plus two. 
This is not like a high confidence pick, but I will be betting the Jets. A uh, couple of reasons. One, uh, Von Miller's out for the Bills. And if you track what the Bills did last year without Von Miller, they were night and day without him. Uh, in the first half of the year, you can make the case that they were the best team in the NFL. Uh, this is before Thanksgiving. Like they went into Kansas City and won. They're blowing out teams left and right. But then they got to, they get to Thanksgiving, they lose Von Miller, and after that, they suffer, you know, what could have been two two losses to the Dolphins, including once to Skylar Thompson in the playoffs, uh, the first round of the playoffs. They were losing to the Bears at halftime. They needed two kickoff returns to beat the Patriots in the finale, and they got destroyed by the Bengals in in the, in their playoff loss at home. Um, this team is not the same without Von Miller, and Von Miller is going to be out for the first four weeks because he's on the pup list. So the Buffalo's pass rush, which was top five with Von Miller, is in the middle of the pack. So Aaron Rodgers should have enough time uh, to, to kind of slice through the secondary. I think he and Garrett Wilson will have big games. Uh, the other factor here is, you know, it's you could you could make the you can make an argument saying this is going to be a non-factor, but I believe that there is going to be some sort of an impact. It's the anniversary 9/11. You know, it's a big deal, um, and I think the Jets should have uh, even more emotion at, at, like than they normally would. But I think that Aaron Rodgers coming off, um, you know, what I think was uh, an, an adventurous offseason, and now he wants to prove his detractors wrong, uh, mostly the Packers. I think he's going to be fired up for this game even more. I, I think the stadium is going to be awesome uh, for the Jets and I think they're going to beat the Bills so those are the wallsterfootball.com week one picks against the spread Uh, once again looking forward to this the whole season thanks for having me on uh, for this Scott and uh, I'll talk to you next week thanks Walter and thank you for listening make sure to check out everything that Walter is doing over at wallsterfootball.com and everything we're doing over at playlikeajet.com and the play like a jet YouTube channel watch our videos and subscribe if you haven't already youtube.com slash play like a jet visit our store tpublic.com that's t-e-e-public.com We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, bless you, thank you shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies, it's all there, tpublic.com, that's t-e-e-public.com, and be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.